Hello, I'm Reg. And I'm Tiff. And we're, and we're the, the Fashion, fashion geeks. geeks. Trying to make New York. And the world. Well, New York is the world. A little flyer, one outfit. And podcast. At a time. Welcome to the ride, everybody. I am Reg. And I am Tiff. And we are the Fashion Geeks. Welcome. <laughs> if this is your first listen, we're so happy to have you. If this is another listen, we're happy to have you. Yeah, we're just happy to have anybody. Absolutely. Well, no, I, I don't know about that. Wait a second. We have standards. Yeah, we are. We're, no, we, if you got ears, we want you to listen. Absolutely. We're happy to have anybody. Because we want you to be entertained. But and we also informed. want you to be informed, and we also want you to be enlightened. Yes. So uh, enlighten us, Reg. Who are you? I am Reg Ferguson. I am the creator of New York Fashion Geek. New York Fashion Geek is a fashion consultancy. Personal trainer. But who knew we needed a personal trainer for fashion? Absolutely. We could work on pants. We could work on shoes. We could work on shirts. Top to bottom. Absolutely. Let's do some reps. All right. I'm in there. So I come, I, I come to the Fashion Geek from a uh, design and fabric and form and fit point of view. I used to design and build costumes. Um, so I love fabric. I love to touch it. I love to look at it. I love to think about what I can make with it. Um, and then once it's all done, I like to see how it fits. And when, when there's a good fit, there's a real visceral uh, sensation in me that goes, man, that looks good. I mm. mean, a good fit moves me. So, Have I, I moved you today? Uh, yeah, you got a nice fitting uh, jacket on or suit. Suit. Suit jacket I, I, at the table. I can. I understand. I, I like the way your shoulders are laying right now oh, and your, your lapel collar. Very nice roll that you've got going on. Appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, the fit looks good. Very nice. Ding. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> You're a winner. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we've been uh, doing a little bit of our own thing in between uh, episode in recordings. Between time, yeah. Sure. So what have you been up to? Give me a little, give me a little dose of fashion stuff. Excitement. Um, been doing uh, some sample sales again. It just Yay! seems to be. <laughs> Tis the be, season. Yeah, I guess you're right. Every every episode we uh, we set up, it seems that's a part of conversation now. Well, so. it's, let's talk about that because sure. uh, not everybody knows what a sample sale is. So enlighten. Well, the old school definition, which doesn't necessarily hold true any longer, is that like for example, when I was growing up and probably way before, you would go to a sample sale and essentially from a designer, you would have one-off pieces that maybe were originally designated for retail but never made it. So they're unique. They're unique. Okay. I don't necessarily think you have that now. It's changed a little bit. I think it's changed drastically. They're like making several pieces. Sure, sure. You'll see every once in a while, you'll go to one and you'll find that one-off, and that I think is, you know, that's cool, that's great. And that is a fine. If you find that... You know nobody else is going to be wearing that because yes. that's a true sample. Yes. I but, love that. But I think oftentimes now it's just out-of-season merch. Okay. They Stuff they just want to move. They didn't move. They didn't and they don't move. want to send it to Marshalls and they don't want to send it right. to any they of these other... They don't want other... to devalue their brand. Right. Okay. Uh, that drastically. So, but still, if and when you become a client, I will keep you in the loop and then we will scout. And there are sample sales every week. But you just got to know. You got to yes. be in the know. I'm in the know. Because they don't necessarily advertise. They just, uh, they've got their own list of people that, you know, signed up 
you know, at one sample sale, and that's who they send an email to. Hey, we're sure. going to be, uh, we're going to put some stuff out. Come and have a look. Sure. Now, last podcast, I got some shopping done uh, for the fam, but this time, what'd you do? I went for Dolo. Uh oh. What does that mean? Well, <laughs> what it means is that. I went for myself to get something for myself. I wanted to replace a suit. Okay. I had a suit that my friend, Hassel Hottendorf, told me was no longer wearable. Oh, it's like somebody you were wearing it and somebody goes, mm, you might want to put that on the rack. And yep. And give it to the Bowery Mission. Send, oh, there you go. Absolutely. Very nice. So, it has another life. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. No, that's really important. And that's when, when I talk about closet inventory, please know gents and ladies because sometimes we to gents. Yeah, sometimes ladies need a little help too. Right. But my point is you have a boyfriend, you have a, you have a husband, you have an uncle. I'm going to check out their closets. Right. And if there's stuff that really needs to go, I'm going to take it away and we're going to give it to the Bowie Mission. Good. No Absolutely. need to put any clothes in the landfill because somebody else no, can wear them. No, 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 no. There's enough all. of that going on already. Not at all. So, unsurprisingly, probably to our listening audience, I'm a bit persnickety. <laughs> really? You think they got that? <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. I don't know my if that pro- was obvious. My co host and producer have chimed in, ladies and gentlemen. They seem to have opinions. Um, they're oh, like assholes. Wow, wow. My co host <laughs> is red now, ladies and gentlemen. Sheesh. Okay. I turn red when I laugh. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially those truthful laughs. <laughs> well, you're a comedian, Reg. I'm just uh, laughing because you're funny. Oh, uh, 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 thank you. <laughs> so I've been I've been scouting out, but I haven't found anything. <clears throat> but I did recently. What'd you find? Well, the first day I scouted. Okay. I found four suits. Yep, we heard about that. Yes, and I hid them. And you hid them. And then the last day I swooped in like the hawk. That was four days later. Yes, correct. And two. What'd you find? I found two of them. (laughs) Ooh. Which means the other two were gone, and that's fine. They weren't meant to be. Oh, that's fine. I wasn't trying to buy all four suits. I, I only need one. So I bought the one. The great thing about this, ladies and gentlemen, is when that happens, I don't have to try it on again. Because you already know. I just swoop in like the hawk. And I take my index finger and I grab the hook and I go. As I was walking out, though. It sounds so exciting. <laughs> it is. I like, I like to shop. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So it comes very naturally. My mom used to take me. I didn't always enjoy it as a young boy. There's no question about that. I would sit. In the department stores, in the chairs with the men. <laughs> okay, they were they were bummed out, and I was just like, I'm a little tired, and there's no snacks. Yep. But as I got older, that wisdom that was imparted to me by my mom and by my grandparents, starting around elementary school, that started really kicking in. Late elementary, you got that itch. Junior high, you got the, shop- <laughs> the shopping itch. I never thought about an itch, but yep. I definitely, I definitely enjoyed it, and I still do. I still do to this day. Part of me, good. So it makes me feel fresh whenever I get something new. I feel so fresh. I like getting, a and deal. I guess I can say fly. Absolutely, because it's new. It's all fresh. Yeah, but you, I mean, even your old stuff, you want to be fly because fly right. is about coordination. That's right. When I put something new together that I have never worn together, I'm like, oh, it's fresh and fly because it's different. Same old stuff, but put right. together differently. Right. I'm to be honest. I'm not so much about. Oh, it's new. It's new. 
the novelty, that's not what I'm about. I've been told that I shop like the French, that it's about building a wardrobe and finding a piece that complements what I have. Right. Again, if a suit isn't working anymore, then we just need to make a wholesale change. I decided to walk around the, the shopping floor of the sample sale before I bounced, and I found a rack. Oh, boy. It was a set of, set of rods labeled as is. There was a scurry of activity. <laughs> it, was a, it was around five of us. Five of you. Two short Jewish-Israeli gentlemen. And then one Jewish guy who was American. Oh, boy. And then an Asian cat. Seemed like he was a doctor. You guys dropping elbows? No, no, no. We were all different. Well, they were all kind of the same size to me, uh, particularly their height. I was the tallest. Oh, okay. That's a clear advantage. I mean, it can be. The the whole thing was what was really weird, which kind of lends into the whole original definition of a sample, is that it was hard to determine what the sizes were. Okay. So I was trying to show the gentleman that if you go inside one of the suit pockets, generally the right one. The breast pocket. Yeah. You're going to find the size. Right. And a little tag. Yes. For some of them, that applied. For some of them, it did not. Mm. And I saw a tag going into the whole sample. It literally read that it was for a photo shoot for some magazine. Yeah, yeah. So that's the true definition. Right, because they don't put tags on it because it's going to be the model. They already right. know the model who's going to be wearing it. Right. So they just they just know the photo shoot. Right. I saw a sport jacket. All alone? Just sitting there? Uh, no, not all alone. All uh, nestled between? No, no, no. They didn't have a lot of product on these rods. But I was like, ah, let me try. And I put it on. <laughs> it fit me quite well. Of course it did. The only problem was the sleeves. They were? A little short. Okay. But I want to let my listeners know, again, when you become a client, this stuff is going to become second knowledge. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a free tip today. Wow. Raking up the free tips. I don't know about that. Yeah. But... The sample sale tip, and now okay, we're getting... Okay, yeah, but I mean, information is one thing, knowledge is another. Right. So... Ooh, that's poetic. Yeah. So, know that if you have a jacket, and it's from a reputable manufacturer, you're going to have at least an inch to an inch and a half to play with in terms of letting the sleeve out. And the reason is because, you know, the finer suit makers will spend a little extra money to have that little extra fabric in their suit wares so that they can be altered to fit uh, more nicely. Right. So I took it to my tailor, told them to flush out the sleeves, gave them a week, picked it up this past weekend. And? I shot and I scored. Did I mention how much I paid for that jacket? No, you did not. And I think that's the most important part. Would you like to guess? Um, sample sale jacket, not a suit. I'm going to say $100, $200, $300. No. $50. $50? <gasps> yeah, word up. Straight up. Are you kidding 50 me? 50 bones. No, I'm not. I'm not jiving. No hype. Straight up. $50. I needed that jacket like I needed a hole in the head. My jackets have jackets, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but in the words of my late grandfather, old man need more is coming gone. His old man want more keeps knocking on the door. 
That's he knocked. And I answered. you answered. Great. Oh, my God. With an amazing, it's a wool silk linen blend. Ah, oh, you had to buy that at 50 bucks. It was beautiful. No regrets, Still right? No, no regrets. No, no, you don't no, have no. shopper's regret? No, no. Oh, no. Shopper's no, no. remorse, I no, guess no. it's called. No, I don't do that. Good for you, Reg. I don't do that. I absolutely, if I was the uh, the bad angel on your shoulder and the good angel, we would have been agreeing on that, Jack. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Good for you. Thank you. Um, I know that there was uh, a, uh, a launch event that you went to as well. Yeah, we had a few events that we got I invited to attend. at the NYFG. Yes. Were you traveling again? Is that the reason? Uh, yes, and I'm yeah, almost done. I'm yeah, almost. Sure I'm almost are. done. We uh, actually turned down a wedding that required some travel uh, in the what? future. What? Yeah, because I An just... ability to travel? You turned it down? And a wedding. We love weddings. We love dressing up. You know, that's the reason to pull out all the suits right. and the finery. Right. And I just, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Jeez. I'm ready to put down some roots. <laughs> and uh, for a little while, at least. Just don't put any roots on anybody. Okay, I won't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so did, did you find anything at this, um, well, the launch event? Tell me about it. Yeah, sure. So we were invited to two events at the NYFG, the J. Fitzpatrick footwear launch for New York City because he's based out of London. Uh, big shout out to Justin Fitzpatrick. And the Rowing Blazers rugby shirt celebration. I think that's so funny that, that there's a rugby shirt celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, can they get together and celebrate Rugby shirts. <laughs> I have a friend. His name is Malcolm Armstrong, another friend of the NYFG. Big shout out. I invited him to be my plus one because you couldn't go. I told him to text me because it was about timing him coming out of work. And I told him, I said, listen, I'm going to go to the Jay Fitzpatrick event first, and then I'll go to the other one. So we'll, you know, we'll, we'll coordinate. We'll figure out where to meet, rendezvous, blah, 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 blah. I had such a good time at Jay Fitzpatrick. Between Justin, his customers, but his chief salesperson Che, who hopefully we're going to have on the podcast. We've been we've awesome. been talking, so we just have to coordinate. Cultivate she's those a, guests. Yeah, you know, absolutely. She's a she's a, a fountain of information, and really would love to have her on the show. And the brand is amazing. I I met Mr. Fitzpatrick a few years ago at a Style Forum event. I was invited by another friend of the NYFG, Paul Buttonhoff, and he had his setup. I looked at his shoes, beautiful, welted shoes in all types of different styles. He takes a lot of the classics, which I know you appreciate, yes. particularly with this London vibe, but then he puts a modern spin. Hmm. I'm, ashamed. I'm sorry I missed it. He has sneakers, shoes, Oxfords, derbies. Anything jump in your pocket? Hiking boots. Anything? No, I don't need. I don't need shoes. My shoes have shoes. <laughs> your jackets have jackets, and your shoes have shoes. Absolutely. But uh, I loved looking at the stuff. I bet your closet puts mine to shame. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> the silence said everything. Let that. But let's not miss out that. Miss that. I had such a great time there. Met a lot of people. Some potential clientele. Clearly. And then uh, come to find out a few days later that uh, my friend Malcolm Armstrong, which I just figured he wasn't available. He, he works hard. He went to Rowan Blazers without me. Without you? Never told me. What? Bum. And, but he really had what a good time. I'm what did he report he did. back? What did he report back? That some of the rugby shirts that he has from back in the day are going for hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Okay. So now I'm getting it. Okay, so this is like a vintage thing. It, well, they, they do both. I mean, they do collabos 
with famous, you know, rowing schools and stuff like that internationally. Okay. I mean, it's it's, it's everything. It's rowing. It's it's rugby. And my boy Malcolm is into that, and that's why I wanted to go with him. <laughs> but instead, he went without my black ass. Well, you had a good time at the shoe place. So. I really did. So there I really you go. Did. And you didn't leave with any. But they're always there for you if you ever want to go back. No, absolutely. That's and a good thing about shoe stores. Yes, that's true. But more importantly, learning more about the brand so I can convey that knowledge to my clientele, extremely important. And, you know, the Londoners are super fashionable in a classic way, like you said, with a spin on it and the fact that you don't have to go to London anymore to get these shoes. Right. You can now get them here. Uh, do, you, do you know off, off the cuff what the uh, address is? For their uh, oh, it's their new I, store? I believe oh, I believe it's sixteen Christopher Street. All right, everyone, check it out. Yes, absolutely, and you can find him on Insta, J Fitzpatrick Footwear. There you go. This stuff is dope. All right, guess what, Reg? What? Guess what? Uh, I'm guessing what? What? Guess what? I, I don't know, Tiff. What? This is our tenth episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow! The big ten o. Yeah. And the reason why this is so big is because when we sat down over those two martinis and talked about having <laughs> having a podcast, yes, you know, we're like, okay, even. how many, what should we aim for? You know, just to see what happens. And 10 was the number. And we're in number 10 right now. Wow. Well, let's keep on, let's keep on in stride. So welcome everyone to our 10th episode. Let's get on in it then. All right. So our first segment, Fashion Heroes. Let's do it. Fashion, fashion. So, uh, Red, you have a fashion hero of the day. Who, who is that? I do. As you all know, I've been a New Yorker all my life. Yep. I grew up in Manhattan, did a stint in the Bronx, and I currently live in Brooklyn. In all of those years, there's been one mainstay for me, the New York Times. My mom had home delivery. My grandparents had home delivery. I have home delivery. I also read online, but the special treat is reading it on the weekends, especially the Sunday paper. I have to admit that the first time I ever got the Sunday Times delivered to me, I was like, holy cow, how am I going to make it through this newspaper? Because I like to read cover to cover. You can do it. And I felt immediate anxiety. Of, <laughs> I am not going to be able to get through this in the allotted amount of time that I have to get through this today. Rookie. <laughs> But here's, it here's was a pleasure taking out the different sections yes. and deciding which section I'm going to read first and which one I'm going to pass on to my roommate while read I read the first this section one. First? I, I went out of order. I know. This is very Ew. not Virgo of me. No. I went straight to the, the leisure section. No. The art and art and culture was no. next. No. Yeah. We must have order. <laughs> well, that was, uh, I guess that was my moon, my rising or moon sign that took over. Maybe the moonbeams affected your brain. You should, should read it from the first section down and then end with the magazine. Uh, oh, the magazine. Love the magazine always. Yeah, magazine is great. So I read every section faithfully. Oh, actually, you know, even before talking about that, please tell me that you know how to do the fold. I don't know. It just folds like that. It just folds in half. 
with all the stuff stuffed in it. No, no. So you're reading the paper. Oh, when you're reading and you close you, it and then you fold it and you, you read half yes, at a time. Yes. Yes, I know a quarter, how to do that. Quarter at a time. Oh, and then you quarter. quarter. That's when you're on the subway and you don't want to be all over your next door neighbor. Yeah, just want just to see if you had that skill. Yeah, I, taught, I was taught that. Okay, very good. So, you know, like you, read every section faithfully. I read mine in order. But the one I always look forward to is on the street. On the street. Yeah. On you know, the street. Yeah, on the street. Okay. Yeah, Thursdays and Sundays on the street. So, because I love seeing New Yorkers wearing the latest fashions. Always love that. Always, always wanted to be part of that. Always wanted to have my photo. Always. Such a kid. And based on your face, you never were. <laughs> no, no. I, never. <laughs> I just found out until recently where all that happened. I, I never knew where. Seventh yeah, fifty. Yeah, I never knew that. Yeah. I never knew that. But the photographer for that was Bill Cunningham. And that there is our fashion hero, Bill Cunningham. Now, Bill Cunningham wasn't a professionally trained photographer. And he wasn't a native New Yorker. Yet his impact on the fashion world is indelible. I mean, his photography, he did celebrities. I mean, that was his steez. But he didn't only do celebrities. And that's why, to me, he's a fashion hero. Because what he did with that column on the street that I just loved ever since I was a little kid is that he took photos of us. And I want to explain what of us the is. everyday man and woman in New York. But also when I say us, I mean, everyone that's emblematic of the rainbow. That is New York gays, brothers and sisters, old ladies up in Harlem, hip hop culture, hmm. meaning young kids, he took all those elements, all those people who would never normally be photographed in the times, let alone be in the times, unless it was some terrible instance. And he put forth to the readership, to me, a new, a new breath, nice. a, a boldness. He saw everyone. Exactly. And he, and he, he took pictures of everyone. Exactly. So that to me really he he was a street photographer. He understood that the street was important and what was going on. Clearly he understood about fashion shows, designer brands. Right. One of his muses I think was Anna Winter, but he clearly had his ear and his eyes to the pavement of New York City. He liked seeing uh style one of the quotes that I read is like he, 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 well, not one of the quotes, one of the things I read about him, he wasn't interested in taking pictures of, uh, of celebrities so much as people who had style. And if the celebrity happened... That's why I wanted to be over. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't like a paparazzi. He was no. literally taking these pictures. They didn't even know he was taking these pictures. These were unposed. Um, if they were celebrities, sometimes he didn't even know they were celebrities. He was just... He was attracted to the style that he was seeing. And that's what he snapped a picture of. Only later, it's famously, he took a, a picture of Greta Garbo. His first, his first photograph... Is of Garbo. He doesn't even know it's Garbo. He didn't even know it was her. He just loved the cut. her style. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I took the picture. That's impressive. Um, I, I read a little bit about him once you told me that you were interested in him being a fashion hero because I was like, okay, fashion, fashion hero. And he ties in because he photographed fashion. But just like you said, um, he, 
he not only took pictures of celebrities knowingly or unknowingly, but he did take pictures of the everyday man, uh, and walk, woman. walk and woman walking on 57th and 7th. That was his perch. They called it. Which I mean, 57th I did, which and 5th. I, 57th and 5th, which I didn't know. Not I, that I would have done anything. I just didn't know that. What I really liked growing up, I mean, I mean, even not just growing up. I mean, just, just whenever. The point is, he would. I love when he would have different shots of people, particularly women, with the same outfit. Oh. Yeah. And it wasn't who wears it best? Was it I the, mean, in a way, the origination? In a way, I mean, in a way, I think that's how it was set up. And I just thought that was so cool. Yeah. You know, seeing like... Four photos of different women wearing the same kit. Ah, that would be, I just, yeah, that I would be thought, very cool. Yeah, I just thought that was slick. And some people were kind of on the peacock tip. But I just I just really liked it. I just really thought it was cool just seeing regular folks and just always dreaming that one day, one day, I would get caught. <laughs> No, because I well, I, you don't know. You might be, and when it, you know, he never sold his photos. He hmm. he he never sold them because he he felt like that that uh, created more trouble. He he found that there were more there was more freedom and and not taking money for stuff because then people can't tell you what to do. So he could use his photos however he wanted to. Fashion, I think, what he really exemplified is that fashion is not just for the upper echelon. But it's for the proletariat. And he was populist in that in that vein. And that's why I really like that. Because to be a New Yorker and to see new, other New Yorkers, I just, I always got a kick out of that. Ever since I was a little kid, um, my mom would look at it with me. Again, another major influence on me, satorally. And I just felt like he was, he, he really embodied the culture of the city through fashion, through his lens and really kept it real because he was out on the street. I totally want to go back into archives and, and see, because I'm sure yeah, I, you can do that. I'm sure I saw this section of the times that the, the couple of oh, yeah. the few times I did make it through the times in that section. <laughs> it's a behemoth of a paper on Sundays. Um, I found something, a quote, I found two quotes of his that I, I really liked. Um, the first one that hit me, um, he was quoted as saying, I'm not fond of photographing women who borrow dresses. Yeah. I prefer parties where women spend their own money and wear their own dresses. When you spend your own money, you make a different choice. So the reason why this I hit like me is, is because of what we're doing here. We're, you know, we're doing a podcast on fashion for the everyday man. And yeah, the everyday man doesn't borrow clothing. I mean, you can, there's all, there's all these new online things now where you can rent the runway or, or something else, you know, you can actually rent these clothes and not own them and then return them and, and, and have your rotating closet all the time. And, you know, if that's what you're into, that's great. But to have a singular style and to go and shop and buy with that style that identifies who you are, that expresses yourself on a regular basis uh, is, is important. And, and yeah, the amount of money you have and the money you spend, like back in my day when I didn't have a lot of money and I thrift store shopped, I had a thrift store style and it was very unique to me. 
because of the money that I spent on my clothes. And, you know, if I was rich today and I go buy really ritzy things and I would have a different style, but then it would be unique to me on that level. And I, I really like that. Um, he was referring to a lot of those award shows where, you know, all these designers make a dress for you, you know, the models right. or the actors to wear, and it's not theirs. They're just modeling it. Yeah. They're not I, living in it. They're not, they're not, it's not theirs. Right. I mean, I understand that. I mean, it's funny because you have the annual Hollywood Reporter stylist issue and stylist of the year and stuff like that. And clearly, I'm not a stylist per se at all. The fashion consultancy really makes sense to me because I, I give props to stylists. I'm no stylist. But I, under, I completely understand what he's saying. I definitely get a kick of what he's saying because he's referring to the golden age in which you didn't have a stylist. You didn't even have a fashion consultant. You pulled you your had, stuff out of your you closet. Just, well, you just had individuals. Yes, you had individuals who just had impeccable taste and style. Mm. And it, listen, they weren't a monolith. I'm sure there were a lot of sloppy Joes and Josephines out there in the Hollywood tip. But I like that just to embody what I'm doing, right? I don't have any brand ambassadorships yet. <laughs> yeah, They're coming. I can feel it. But to his point, buying everything on my own, and I guess I've created, I'm very, I'm very unaware of this, but I guess I've created my own style. Oh, absolutely. How can oh, you be you. unaware? It, it's, yes. You definitely because I think because I take it for granted, just because it's such a it's such a genetic thing for me in terms of family influence. It is what you do. It is who you are. It's what you've been. So I can I'm not necessarily taking it for granted because you're sharp, you fly every time. Thank you. So that's not taking it for granted. That's just it's it's part of who you are. It's your style. Right. This is what he's talking. That's you. Um, did you know he was a Harvard dropout? Yes, I did. I love that. <laughs> okay. And why do you love that? Well, because, I mean, you know, Harvard, this great institution, and this man, this icon of a man, dropped out of it. It just, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It wasn't his a, thing. It wasn't his thing. He exactly. Was, he, was, uh, he was into millinery. And he also, yeah, he got to start making women's hats. Yes. And he also, <laughs> he biked everywhere. He uh, Yes. He had a bicycle. That's how he got around. Uh, New York is biking everywhere. Biking, taking shots. And he got hit twice. Once by a truck. Really messed him up. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he got hit another... He was in another accident. So he just got another bite and got right back on it. And that's what forced him, actually, to be on staff with the Times. Oh, that's right, because he, he needed need, the insurance. Yeah, yeah. He kept getting hit, hit on his bike. I'm sorry. I know that's not funny. Um, it just... It, it's, it kind of... The circumstance in it... The, Anyway, I apologize. <laughs> I ne- no, no, it's, it's, it's in context. It's a New York story. I never got a chance to even ever see him, much less be seen by him, which clearly is still annoying me. But I want to give a big shout out to uh, my white little brother, Jared Gooding, the owner of Police Space, because he met Bill Cunningham. And what did he say? How was he? Was a affable gentleman? Yes. Oh, he gave him some cool ass advice. I can't really remember, but just something about control and money and just just doing your own thing, just being independent. I thought you said cool acid. <laughs> 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 he just no. He he just gave him like a pearl of wisdom. And he passed away in 2016, right? Recently? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. been it's been very recent. And matter of fact, he was working up until he passed away. Yes, he had a stroke. Yeah, 
And, yeah, uh, Zappa Troop. That's amazing. That's amazing. He he was, he was uh, a living legend. And a he chronicle. Lived, and he lived in a small apartment. Yeah, Very like sm- above. He lived in one of those Carnegie. Yes. Carnegie. Uh, with filled with file Carnegie cabinets of photographs. That's it. Was he had been there most of the time in New York. Which I find interesting. Very, very interesting. He's a very great Very simple, story. simple man. With such a great... Uh, can I read another quote that I read? Sure. Uh, it's his, his philosophy. You know, every, you know, we talk about fashion. Everybody's got to have a fashion philosophy. Sure. So this Ours quote, is always be fly. Uh, always be fly is a great one. Cunningham described his philosophy regarding fashion in the documentary film Bill Cunningham, New York. So there's a documentary yes. out there. Everyone take a look at it. Um, Quote, the wider world that perceives fashion as sometimes a frivolity that should be done away with in the face of social upheavals and problems that are enormous. Uh, The point is, in fact, that fashion, ah, you know, in point of fact, it's the armor to survive the reality of everyday life. I don't think you could do away with it. It would be like doing away with civilization. That is something to think about. He really made fashion accessible for people whose voices could not be heard. And that's why Mr. Cunningham is definitely my fashion hero. What a great hero. Claps, 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 claps. Nice. Good one, Reg. Thank you. You hit the, hit the ball out of the park. I try. <clears throat> we'll move on to the uh, the next uh, hitting the ball out of the park on this one. I, was I like- must have it. I must, I must have, have it, it, have it, have it, have it. Yes. And what is our I must have it item? Harris Tweed. Harris Tweed. Yep. I, I knew this was going to be one of your items one of these days. Why? I was just waiting because, <laughs> I mean, come on. Harris Tweed, need I say more? Well, you don't have to because I will. Well, all my years and being interested in fashion, two words have always haunted me, Tiff. What? Harris Tweed. Why have they haunted you? <laughs> because it's coveted. Yeah. It's like the holy grail to me. It's amazing. It's hand-woven, dyed, and spun in Scotland. That was a terrible accent. In Scotland? And, uh, oh, that was much better. In uh, Outer Hebrides. Yeah, like three or four islands, yes. right? Yes, that's And correct. that's it. Yes, that's it. Virgin wool from from those four islands, and that's it. If it doesn't come from that spot, it ain't. It Harris doesn't Tweed. have the orb, the logo, the orb. Yeah, nice. They have inspectors from the Harris Tweed Authority to check things out. There's a Harris Tweed Authority. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They've had it, it for decades. And this authority is. They check things out, make sure it's the real deal, and they don't play. Recently, though, they got caught up a little bit in some mess. Because there was a shop selling merch, and they had the Union Jack on them, on a tag. Mm. This is Scottish. It ain't British. Nope. That's a no-no. What'd they do? Uh, they kind of did like a cease and desist for this store. But it was just like a whole bunch of hubbub because they were like, wait a second. What do you mean? That's like saying, hey, we got this French sparkling wine, but it ain't champagne. Right. But uh but it's from uh Barbados, you know, so no, you can't right. you, know, you can't do that. No. So I just think I just think I just think this stuff it's just a, it was always for me growing up just something mystical, to really be honest, because I didn't understand it at first. Because it's just a fabric. 
But it's not just a fabric. No, it's not. But I mean, growing up, when you're young, you're like, it's just a fabric. What's the big deal? But then you get older and you realize that it's handmade. It's handmade from virgin wool, only found in these four or five little islands in Scotland. Uh, handmade by different families, different people with their different meals. Right. And they would, you know, do their spin their by yarn hand. and they would weave it with a different pattern depending on the family who was doing it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, back in the day. Oh. And then then it would all come Harris Tweed would then gather all of that and that's when they would mark it with the orb. To, to make it theirs. Um, these were either independent uh, weavers or they worked for uh, the Harris Tweed um, weaving mills and then they would uh, produce it right there. But the independent ones would bring it in, bring the fabric in, and then it would get stamped and they would get paid. But that's the only two ways that it was made mm. back in the day. And uh, like when they built the when they put together the uh, the authority, um, I think, didn't they make it, they changed it from all these different families creating these different patterns, and they sort of brought it all together under uh, four different roofs, like that, that they had oversight, so people couldn't make different patterns and do their own thing to, to bring consistency to the brand. Mm. So um, I'm, I feel like I'm not speaking very clearly. Uh, it's a way of trademarking. In order to trademark, they had to have some consistency in what they were doing. So. Right, but the mills definitely have distinct patterns, and they also have colors, right? That, yep, yep. I mean, well, of colors, course. Right. But and it's all made all... in their mills. Yes. It's yes. no longer separate families back in the day oh. doing their own thing. Because the, a lot of times these stories, depending on the pattern, it tells a story of the family. Mm. Isn't that interesting? That's very cool, to really be honest. There are a lot of manner, there are a lot of brands that utilize this fabric. As a matter of fact, uh, big shout out to another friend at NYFG, Rufat. I know you love Stone Island, and Stone Island recently used some Harris Tweed in their uh, polymorphic ice capsule collection. You probably need to go get you some Rufat. Hmm. And, and the stuff is just amazing because it's. The the fabric, I mean, it's appropriate of where it comes from, right? Yes. Before Gore-Tex, you had this. It's water-resistant. It's windproof. I mean, look at the climate out there. Right. You're on an island in Scotland, which is a little bit more north of us, <laughs> and constantly raining or foggy or misty and cold. So this was good stuff, really good stuff. And it felt good, not itchy. Oh, No. No. Oh, I didn't yeah, it's really, really nice. Very because it's because of the weave. It's a very tight, tight weave, so you don't have those little wool fibers. <laughs> and it's a nice virgin wool, which is not straight up wool. It's it's the uh, it's the softer down downish kind of. You know, there's two different types of wool on a sheep. Um, the, the outer wool that gets dirty, the coarse, rough stuff. But right. then there's that stuff that's closer to the skin. It's a second coat. Shall we? Shall we call it? And that's a little bit more fluffier, and that feels really, really nice. Well, I have to make a confession. Yes. I don't know why I'm hoarse now. <laughs> well, drink some water. We got some water. No, here. it's fine. I got hooked up with some Harris Tweed. <gasps> you did? Yes. Big shout out to my white little brother Jared Gooding, creator and owner of Please Space. What'd you get? What'd you get? He bequeathed me. A family jacket. Wow. Yep. That's something. 
It is a beautiful blue herringbone blazer with leather buttons. Oh, wow. It was a bigger jacket, and he got it tailored. He's more narrow than I, so I have to breathe in a little bit. Can you get it tailored back? It's or? just fine. No, no, no. It's just it's just fine. That's awesome. He gave it to you. That's yeah, nice. That's a good yeah. friend. No, I know. It it is like in my closet, like oh. Right. It's not it's, you can't bring it out yet. It's not ready. No, 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 not, no way. Not no until way. Like January or February. Yeah, something like that. But it's beautiful. Wow. So I got it. It's a covet a, a covet piece for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I must have it. I got it. <laughs> now you get it. Well, as you were saying before um, about the uh, inspection, the, Har- the Harris Tweed Authority, I have a little, every 50 meters of Harris yep. Tweed are checked by an inspector before being stamped by hand with the orb mark. So they've got this beautiful, I'm looking at a picture now. I wish I could um, uh, explain it, but it's, if you see a Harris Tweed, that's the way you know it's a Harris Tweed. It's a label that has this um, this orb with a cross on top. It right. looks it looks kind of like from the Catholic Church, doesn't yes. it? Does it? Do you know about the uh, origin? I don't know. Of the, that I orb? don't know. I don't know the symbolism. I'm, I'm looking in my little research here to see if I can find it because uh, I read about it. I glossed over it, and I know it, it comes from somewhere. But anyway, um, if you if you don't see that orb, then you ain't got the real thing. And exactly. The, the original definition attached to the orb trademark stated that Harris Tweed means a tweed, hand-spun, hand-woven, and dyed by the crofters and cotars in the outer Hebri... Heb- how do you say that? Hebridus? <laughs> I should have learned how to say that before I got on this mic, huh? H-E-B-R-I-D-E-S. Hebrides. So that's, that's the orb trademark right there. Cool. All right. So you have a jacket. I'd yep. love a scarf. All right. Um, Christmas is coming. I would also love a couch throw. Harris, one of those throws on the couch on a toasty evening yes. in front of a fire drinking my, I guess I have to have a scotch now, won't I? Maybe you should stand in front of the Scottish Council. Because <laughs> I'm a bourbon drinker. Good luck so. with that. <laughs> awesome. Good choice. Good choice. Thank you. There, and I think everyone should have a Harris Tweed piece in their closet should be part of your wardrobe i don't have one so now i must good luck all right all right moving on to our next segment (laughs) a little tongue twister uh so our next segment is the fashion word of the day fashion word word of the day of the day This is a fun little game show part where we try to challenge each other with a fashion word. Um, him being from the consultation side and me from the creation and design side. Hopefully we each can stump each other because that's more fun. <laughs> All right, Reg, do you want to go first or should sure. I go first? You could go first. All right. I'm going to go first. So in this segment, uh, I bring up a word. I, uh, I say the word, and Reg has to spell it, define yes. it, and, and use it in a sentence if yes. we don't forget. <laughs> so my word, and I always pick easy words, I think. No, you don't. Okay. This word today, warp. Warp. 
W-A-R-P. Ding, 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 ding. That is correct, Reg. That is how you spell warp. Yes, but I am uncertain about the fashion definition of this word. You want to give a stab at it, or you want me to just go ahead and, and read the definition? I mean, I know how to use it in a different context. I'll just say... It has to do with our must-have-it item today. No? No, just buzz me. <laughs> warp. Warp and weft, W-E-F-T, are terms for the two basic components used in weaving to turn thread or yarn into fabric. Oh, I never would have gotten that. The lengthwise or longitudinal warp yarns are held stationary in tension on a frame or loom, while the transverse weft, sometimes called wolf, <laughs> W-O-O-F, yeah, 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 yeah. is drawn through and inserted over and under the warp. So when you're weaving something, the warp stays and the weft dives in and oh. out. So a piece of fabric, and this isn't weaving anything. A piece of fabric is made up of warp and weft. Mm. Interesting. It is. And I never would have gotten it. So I am so happy to get buzzed. See, isn't it more interesting? Sure. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm fine. I'm fine if I win. I'm fine if I lose. I want the listener to benefit. So um, I guess there's no using it in a sentence because you... you... No, I I think we tried to make that clear when we thought we zoned. If you get it wrong, you don't don't use it in a sentence because you don't even know how to use it. Right. So... Okay. So let me give you your... You could use it as a time warp. No, oh, <laughs> believe me, that's that, that's how I was thinking, and I knew I was wrong. So it's okay. It won't be the. Uh, that's why I picked the word because won't be the first time. There was also, you know, it has several last. meanings. Right. I just could not use it in the fashion context. Here is one for you. Drape. Drape. D R A P E. Yes. Drape. I shall design drape. I would define drape as. Um, the the uh, I, I, it's the drape. It's it pertains to fabric. It has yes. it's about how the fabric falls uh, when you're working with building a, a piece of uh, a suit or a dress. You have to drape, take the fabric and drape it on your mannequin to come up with your your concept of what you're doing. It's right. just it's the, the way, way the pe- fabric falls. There you go. You knocked it out of the park. I uh, feel free to use it in a sentence. I will use it in a sentence now. I often dream of this beautiful dress, and the only way I feel I can make it come to fruition is by draping it. Well, that was wah, the, wah, that was a, yeah that was that was <laughs> that was weak. Uh, first of all, you used the gerund. Uh, you know, I know, I, I know. I was like, how can I use it? Drape. The drape of that dress. You started dress, really well, but the, you really have fumbled. Okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. Stumbled. The drape of that dress blew my mind. Okay. No, that wasn't a good yeah, one? Yeah, it's fine. You give it. <laughs> Why don't you, you give me won. a sentence? You give me a sentence. I love the way that cape drapes over your shoulders. Drapes. Oh, I blew it too. Yeah. All right, you know what? Okay. Why, don't, why don't we just quit while we're... Yeah, we will. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you did it. You we did, did it. it. Yes. We oh did it. Gosh. Congratulations. That was really... Congratulations, me. That was really choppy. And that's the end of our episode. Yes, that's We wound a it down nicely. <laughs> we did. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you had fun or are down for another one. 
Please tell your friends about us. Special goes, uh, a special goes. What is the matter with me? Special shout out goes to our producer, Search. And I did not realize, ladies and gentlemen, but thank you for Tiff, the timekeeper. This is our 10th episode. Number 10. <laughs> Celebrate. Oh, Number 10. Oh, boy. And that means we have 10 episodes out there for you listeners who are just joining us. There's there's like another 10 because we started with zero. Our episode zero just gives you a just gives you a, a, a beginning, an introduction of who we are and what, what we want to do with our podcast. That's episode zero. So absolutely listen to that. And then if you want to jump around, it does not have to happen in sequential order. You can listen to number eight and then go back to number two and then go on to five and then hit number 10. You know, you could do it in whatever order, just like I read the New York Times. Any order uh, you want. Yes. Well, for <laughs> podcasts, that's appropriate, not for the Times. <laughs> But please, uh, thank you for the uh, listeners who have been with us the whole time. And if this is your, if you've been along for the ride the whole time, you can celebrate with us for number 10. Yep. Check us out on Insta. It's New York Fashion Geek. If you have any thoughts about the podcast, obviously you can write it in the review section. We love reviews. We love stars. Give us reviews. Give us, give us, give us. Yes, but you can email us at podcast at nyfashiongeek.com. If you want a free consultation, want to pick my brain, just hit me up on the Insta. You could DM me. Also, you can find find you on Instagram, too. That's, yes. Did we mention that? Uh, yes, we did. New, New York, York Fashion, Fashion Geek. Geek. Yes. yes. Lots you, of beautiful pictures of stuff. Oh. Yeah. Too kind. I'm on there. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did. You did. I'm Reg. And I'm Tiff. See you next time. And remember, always, always be, be fly. fly. Thank you.